it's uh, pretty tough to be honest. It still is a bit tough, but I've managed a lot better than I did. I lost a few friends to suicide and didn't think I'd get affected of it um, because you know I was a pretty strong person back then, but later on down the track, it, it mentally killed me. Didn't also kill me because I lost them, but more so killed me with relationships and comfort with people and friends and yeah, it killed me in ways I didn't know it would kill me. That's Cam Taylor. He knows a dozen people personally who've died by suicide since 2018, most of whom were connected to his FIFO work in the mines. He lost one friend on the job in his early 20s, then had the misfortune of finding the body of a close mate just a short time later. I actually got there and I sort of froze. Yeah. And I was driving and my work colleague was tapping me on the leg. He's like, oi, get out. Like, let's do something. And I was like... What do we do? Nothing compares to that kind of a moment. Yeah, nothing. In an attempt to numb the pain, Cam was drinking to excess and acting out, refusing to confront the massive trauma he was enduring. I tried to push it aside until probably a year and a half ago, and it all just bubbled up. I was just partying a lot, drinking a lot. When he did finally find the courage to talk, things started to change. Now he's the founder of Chin Up Mental Health, a clothing brand created to spark conversations to help save lives. As I suffered for many years, I wanted to do something about it and not let people get to the stage I was at. Welcome to Young Blood, an award-winning podcast on a mission to make the mental health of young men a top priority. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our platform to open up and share stories of what we've been through because we're not alone. Let's do it. Before we kick this off, I just want to say thanks so much to everyone who's taken 15 to 90 seconds out of their day to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It boosts us up the ranks massively and makes a huge difference to how many people we can reach with these potentially life-saving stories. So thank you. And for those who haven't got around to it, please, if Youngblood has delivered you some value, let us know on there. Cheers, legends. Trigger warning, if you find anything spoken about in today's episode distressing, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Cam, what was your upbringing like? Oh, shithouse. Absolute shithouse. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, overcoming parents separating from when I was probably uh, eight or nine, um, dad drinking a lot, mum just doing her thing and yeah, family separated and stuff like that. And then basically finding myself on my own two feet after moving here in Adelaide when I was younger. Dad uh, used to drink a lot, so he used to play up a lot. I was pretty bad at school, um, didn't have much parenting and yeah, just struggled through school. Um, dropped out of school at 16. Was your dad abusive? Yeah, very abusive, yeah. Like physically violent? Oh, physically, mentally, yeah, just out of control. <laughs> How do you used to feel being in your home? Uh, I was terrified from him when he used to drink a lot, yeah. Um, but uh, as I grew up and got a bit more buoyant, so I took it on and went back at him. And... Um, yeah, now he doesn't do it ever again. <laughs> so how was your mental health as a child? Uh, there's a lot of traumas there. Yeah, a lot of traumas. A lot of high school bullying as well. Um, and a lot of, yeah, just not having long-term friends from high school onwards. So were you pretty aware at that time that that wasn't normal and that you were in this traumatised state or you didn't uh, understand? I didn't really understand because I was pretty young, you know. Um, just trying to build through... You know, friendships, family, relationships, girls, it just it just wasn't working. Did you have anyone who was there for you? Um, yeah, so I had a good friend of mine, Dan, that was always there and his, his father-in-law and their family, they've always been there from when I was younger um, and I'm, they're still there now. So I've got a lot of good friends now, but from the age of probably 12 on to about 18, there was no one there. How'd that make you view the world? Oh, 
you like they say it's good but bad um like it made hardened you up yeah it hardened me up but real quick too much though yeah probably. it hardened me up and th- yeah just turned me into adult like i reckon i was a full-blown a mature adult by the time i was 19 you know like I used to go out and party a lot, but I'd still have a house. I'd still have somewhere to live. Like, yeah, I just because you had to survive. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. How did that trauma manifest? Like, were you an angry? No, uh, not really. I was sad a fair bit, um, like growing up. But I tried to push it aside until probably a year and a half ago, and it all just bubbled up. And what happened when you pushed it aside, or how were you able to do that? I was just partying a lot, drinking a lot, um, just going from one job to the next, just not actually sitting down writing a book and saying hey this is what i want to do did you know why you were partying and drinking all the nah, time just just yeah put, tried to push it to the side and just tried to find that comfort with a girl always had you know heaps of girls and relationships and just yeah trying to find that comfort use her family as my family but not actually going to the bottom depth of the traumas how do you view yourself well, now now back then oh uh, did you love yourself i love myself yeah but geez i did some funny shit and Oh, just some funny stories that everyone could tell you. It's quite funny. Stuff you got away with that perhaps you Yeah, have. should have, yeah. Yeah. How were you conditioned to believe a man was supposed to be then if you had no one to show you or all you had was the role model of your father and he was obviously yeah. not what you want to be? It was very hard. Like, um, I just chose the right people to hang around and took judgment of people really quickly. Just got into the workforce um, and just... Started working, met heaps of people, went through a handful of friends until I found the right ones. Yeah. Where's your work ethic and drive come from? Like, did, you, <laughs> did, you, did you have periods of time of wanting to give up? Yeah, or well, were you always someone who was like, no, nah, I'm going to make this happen for myself? Yeah, well, a lot of people know me. I am a pretty hard worker. Um, like I do, I do go through a handful of jobs, but I stay consistent. Um, but um, had to get through, well, I just had to. I just had to manage. Um, I had no choice, you know, like if I didn't work, I'd be on the ground. Um, and yeah, not not much family support there at all. What made you want to go and work in the mines? Oh, money, like everyone, you know, like the money says different and everyone wants to be a firefighter, like, ooh, we've got a good job, but mm. it was good, like it was a very good experience. Um, How def- old were you when you first went? Um, I was probably 20, yeah, 20. Um, I was pretty good. Um, First started at Broken Hill, New South Wales, underground there, and just sort of progressed and just did a did a few years, had a year off, went back for years, year off. What did you value at that time in your life? Like, what were you shooting for? Um, just shooting to survive, just shooting to um, be something that amazing. Like trying to find my passion. Like I was pretty down still, and I didn't know what I wanted out of life. Like yeah, I always wanted a girlfriend, but was it the right thing for me? That's the question. But you were aiming high still. It wasn't yeah. just about safety and money. Yeah, you I always still, felt like you wanted more. Yeah, I always wanted to be financial freedom, um, like moving on with my life when I get older and sort of be that guy that's uh, you know pretty well off and just live a comfortable life and be happy and sort of have a good family and not. Were you looking for purpose beyond that from a young age though, or did that happen? Ah, uh, yes and no. I was probably just trying to find my feet basically um, after coming through all the traumas, yeah. And while you were working in FIFO, were you thinking back to your childhood? Did you reflect on it or did you try to put it in a box? Yeah, I did I did, I did. go back to it a few times and just sort of brushed it off, but it kept coming up, yeah. How did it come up? 
Oh, just like, you know, especially when I'm drinking, like when I used to drink a lot, it would come up. Mm. Um, when I'd listen to a sad song on the radio or music, it would come up. Um, did you have any contact with your family? Yeah, I did, yeah, on the phone and stuff. S saw them, you know, a couple of times a year. But What would that be like? It was always upsetting, um, especially seeing Dad. It was just like... I really didn't want this to happen. Like, like he never got his shit together. Yeah, like he has now. Like he's actually improved a lot now. Like right. we're pretty pretty good now. But oh, cool. it's taken nearly ten years. Like I don't hate him for what he done. I sort of do, but don't. But it's sort of made. It's bounced off on me. Going, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. Um, and he's pretty proud. And but yeah, seeing the family when I didn't have much to do with them was pretty hard, upsetting. Have you developed an understanding of why your dad was the way he was? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. And um, I think it was a lot to do with depression, money, um, trying to support me when he's younger and didn't really have a good secure job. Um, was there a time at which he told you all this stuff? Um, he's recently told me a little bit, yeah, but I've worked it out as time goes on just with what he says and what he does and how he acts yeah so that giving you some compassion it has yeah it's just gone it's given me that drive that's one of my worst fears like um not having money it's like my biggest fear you know like i'm petrified of it an understanding of what happens to men and why yeah. we act out in certain ways yeah. especially with drinking and violence and yeah i've worked out that if you haven't got the right mindset don't drink i'd have worked that out pretty well yeah and I think that older generation that didn't have the resources that we have now, mm. didn't have the podcasts, the, the online influences, things to look at. It wasn't as much yeah. in your face and certainly not the conversation, and the dialogue around this sort of thing. And that attitude of just bottle it up, deal with it yourself yeah. really was the status quo. I think we are etching away at that now, which is great, which is what we're all, all about. Yeah. But that older generation and, and every other time in human history, it was really like, handle it yourself yeah. don't talk about it and if you're gonna lash out or yell or these sorts of things that's more acceptable mm. than actually admitting to yourself that you're not all right and, and sharing that with someone yeah. it's more manly if you would have just attacked someone yeah i think the older generation it's uh like yeah we everyone hates social media but sometimes it actually helps especially with listening to podcasts and well there's just so much more information yeah. and perspectives and stories yeah. out there so you feel so much less alone yeah. because there's actually just so much more you can watch and listen to yeah that's find right. out and then we're changing the culture slowly where we're having conversations like this and we'll teach our kids to do the same and over yeah. time that slowly changes yeah that's right how well did you feel like you knew yourself when you started working in fifo oh i knew myself a little bit um a lot of people know me as the party man and I used to do crazy stuff. You just, liked that identity? Yeah, yeah. I liked that attention, yeah, yeah, and just dancing and not not violent when I was drinking, pretty happy and just, you know, the comments and just being a very Aussie. Um, a lot of people love me for that and a lot of people still do talk to me. You know, now I don't drink as much, um, hardly at all. Um, a lot of people are still like, oh, you're a good guy. Yeah. You know, just because I've come from shit and mm. just sort of who I am now, a lot of people are just like, wow awesome and that's what i want yeah because a lot of people wouldn't have made it to where you've made it no nah, no nah, that's right a lot of people wouldn't have a lot of people would have given up i've, I've had those i've had those moments of giving up but yeah i just uh it's not worth it but you really latched onto that identity as the yeah. party boy is a way to cope and yeah. got a lot of positive reinforcement yeah got a reinforcement and then just met friends through friends and just sort of met someone and went oh that's a pretty cool passion dream and as i suffered for many years i wanted to do something about it and not let people get to the stage i was at mm. yeah what is it about fifo that's so hard on people's mental health 
I think it's um, just the culture. Like I think like what I've nailed it down to over the years is the isolation. Mm. Um, especially if you're on a site where there's no reception, like out in the Pilbara out west, it's pretty 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 remote. Um, but how aware are you of that when you're out there? Like, are you are you thinking about how alone you are, how far away, nah, far so, out you are? So you don't yeah. think of it. You think, oh yeah, my phone, you know, my phone's out. I'll just call the family or friends, whatever. But it's it's when you like go to bed and put your phone away, and you're going, oh shit, I am pretty isolated, or you're just so fatigued from working away. Um, it just gets to you like, like so tired. You're less able yeah. to emotionally regulate yourself. Yeah, I think you. You're not your mindset's not there, and that's what you got to focus on when you go there. And that's recently why I've gone back because my mindset's pretty good. And just so many days in a row. As yeah, well. it's oh, it's crazy. But like most people by the end of a five-day working week are shattered, and they yeah. work eight, eight, yeah. nine-hour days compared to working twelve-hour days and yeah, working for twenty-one days in a yeah, row. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty hectic. Um, it's one of the biggest swings I've done. I have done one bigger, but I wasn't. That wasn't my roster every time, but now that's my roster at the moment. But standard to work, yeah, two, two weeks straight, yeah, crazy two, stuff. Two, two and one, one and one, and then have no. You can't have any life balance outside of that. No, nah, if you well, want to get up and train, you got to get up at yeah, four a.m. to do yeah, that yeah. after work, or you train after work, and then it's time to go to sleep if you want to get enough sleep. And then uh, you have to eat at some point, right? Yeah, you get back at you know six o'clock, seven o'clock, and eat. it's hard work. Oh, yeah, right. it is. If you go underground, it's hard. Yeah. Um, but I think it's not... Some roles underground are physically hard, but I feel like it's more mentally hard. Just trying to stay focused, mm. um, occupy yourself, especially like I operate machines. So I occupy myself and just try and have the right mindset. You've got to be focused to operate yeah. the machines, though, right? Because yeah. oh, that can yeah. be catastrophic. If yeah, you, you do, don't. especially the big ones. Like the big ones, you've got to be, you've got to be switched on and... Just, yeah, I reckon it's isolation and a lot of people drink, you know, they think they're at home every night so they're like, oh, yeah, well, I have 10 cans, but it just builds up and builds up. And and also knowing that everyone else is drinking mm. to can't handle it or that's mm. the, the culture. Yeah. Is that a Yeah, a that's, that's like, oh, everyone's like, oh, let's go to the wet mess tonight. We'll have a couple of beers, you know. And it's like, man, it's 7.30. We're going to be up at like 3.30, 4 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. I used to love drinking and I still have a drink here and there and when I was up there I had two cans and I was like whoa that's my limit but I was a little bit like I had to be part of the crew yeah and I was like oh fuck like I was yeah new crew new guy on you know um let's have a drink with them but yeah I had to how does that make you feel now knowing how you used to drink versus oh I feel pretty like yeah it's hard to just see them all drinking and being hoo-ha and then walking yeah, away yeah but do you even want to even want that anymore nah. No, yeah. I don't. I really don't enjoy that hangover, and really don't enjoy just wool. I shouldn't have said that, or wool. I shouldn't have done yeah. that. Yeah, I don't enjoy that. Uh, and that job would be more than hard enough without having a <laughs> hangover. having a reputation like, or, oh, he said this last night, or yeah, oh, he done this last night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My reputation's everything at the moment. When you were there in your early twenties, like, how were most people dealing with it? <laughs> Let's get drunk tonight. <laughs> every night oh, most people yeah a lot of the old people would a lot of the young fellas I met there would probably just uh, go to the gym yeah um, then go have a couple of drinks but at least do something for themselves a lot of people would try and get a good night's sleep but a lot of them a lot of the oldies would booze on yeah what sort of warning signs did you see in some of the people that you worked with just from the alcohol you know we all know alcohol is good at the time and it preps you up but it was to the after effects that you know they were always 
lippy at the mouth. They were always tired. They were always aggro. And just, oh, I was just like, fuck. Like, I can't do that. I don't want to be like that. Yeah, that's the sign, yeah. What about cries for help? Any of your colleagues saying stuff that on reflection? or Yeah, or, or... some people would get pretty drunk and be like, oh, my wife, my kids, and this and that. And then you'd be like, oh, what's actually wrong with you? Are you all right? You know, and that's when it would come out, yeah. Mm. Um, but you get to know someone pretty well when they're drunk. So, it's hard. Yeah. And you've lost a dozen mates yeah. since 2018, which is yeah incomprehensible yeah as someone who's lost a mate to suicide and had yeah. some others struggle with it trying to yeah, think about been... that many is yeah I, you can't contemplate it no it can't and um it's uh pretty tough to be honest um it still is a bit tough but i've managed a lot better than i did i lost a few friends to suicide and didn't think i'd get affected of it um because you know i was a pretty strong person back then but later on down the track it, it mentally killed me didn't also kill me because I lost them, but more so killed me with relationships and comfort with people and friends. And yeah, it killed me in ways I didn't know it would kill me. So your first mate that you lost, you worked with pretty closely. Yep. And and he died and you got that information. How did you how do you remember processing that in the moment? At the moment, um, I was just like, oh yeah, this is this is um, this is all right. Like, yeah, it's shit that he's gone. Um, I didn't want that, but um, yeah, later on down the track, probably my next swing when he wasn't there, that sort of hit home. Um, dropped a bit of a tear for him, and I actually quit my job for a while. What was everyone else like when he died? Ah, you'll be right. Just another one. And it's like, nah, that's not how it rolls. You got to do something about it, and. You know, that's when I sort of... What did that attitude do to your perspective? Like was, hearing that from people uh, and knowing that if, if you did that, that they'd say the same about you as well. Not what I wanted to hear. It was just hard. Like um, it did put a lot of perspective in and I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'm going to leave this company. Eh? Like, if they're going to talk about that like to their work colleagues or that, I'll find another mining company. So it did affect you. You weren't yeah. you weren't so stoic that you were like, oh no, I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. I don't really care. Yeah, like you was, were trying to keep working, so you you didn't know how to yeah, deal I with didn't, it. Didn't know how to cope. But it but hurt though. Yeah, it did. It did. They didn't realise how much it hurt until I left. Um, but I still, all of them now don't know how much it hurts, and it still hurts. But there's no talking about it among the. Oh, we talk about it every year. It's his birthday or something. But but know, at the time. Yeah, at the time there's no. There was. A little bit here and there, but not as much as it should have been. Yeah, yeah, it should have been. The mind should have sat down. We should have had, you know, everyone, are you okay? Day sort of thing. You're not just crack on, boys. You know, yeah, 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 and really feeling like you're just part of that engine and you're just yeah. a number. Yeah, and that yeah. you're expendable. Yeah, essentially, and that's why, you know, I've got all over some of the traumas to the much as I can, and now I'm starting to go back to it. But I won't tolerate anyone that does that in that culture if I see it again. You also found another mate a short yeah. time after that. Yeah. And you were actually the person to discover his yeah. body first. Yeah, I was. Just tell um, us about that. I won't name where it is or what his name is, but yeah, I was in a mine working and um, it was crib time, lunchtime, and I was driving and I went to pick him up and he wasn't responding on the radio. And I was like, oh, wow. This is not good. And then a few other people copied him on the radio and nothing. I went to drive, pick him up, and yeah, unfortunately he passed away. 
I actually got there and like sort of froze. Yeah. And I was driving and my work colleague was tapping me on the leg. He's like, oi, get out. Like, let's do something. And I was like, what do we do? Nothing compares to that kind of a moment. Yeah, nothing. And um, and your colleague didn't know what to do? Or no, you... no, we knew what both to do. We're both first aid trainers. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're both pretty high trained in that sort of field. Um, but it was too late. It was, yeah, definitely too late. And you knew this guy pretty well? Yeah, very close. Yeah, very close. And uh, I didn't realise how much it would affect me. Um, didn't want to talk to anyone. I literally just wanted to go to my room and cry. Um, and yeah, went home on break. And that was when I was with my previous partner and um, told her about it. But um, I should have done more about it at the time and didn't think I'd get affected. And Why didn't you think you'd get affected? Because I was just so strong and... Yeah, I just thought uh, I'll get through it. I got through the last one, but this mm. one actually really hit home for me. And um, I actually went on depression leave for a while. I just broke down in tears and the repercussions of it, like, man, I went through hell with my ex-partner, just trying to battle with her and the love I have for her is un unconditional, like it's crazy. But, you know, that's what I put it down to. I was mentally just not in there. Like I'd put a brave face on all the time. So how did that affect the relationship? Were you really distant? Yeah, we were. We were fighting a lot, beckering. I started chin up and didn't overcome the traumas that I've been through completely until I literally lost her, lost a few friends and just put everyone aside and then was like, I need to battle this on my own. And now I think I'm in a pretty good mindset um, where... If that sort of, yeah, it was crap that that happened, but if it didn't happen, I'd still be in that nutshell. Of, so running from facing it caused yeah, all these yeah, negative ripples in your yeah, life? Yeah, yeah, very, very big negative ripples. Um, a lot of people like... What do you uh, put that down to? Like, how do you explain why all that stuff happened in your life? How are you acting that... I don't know why. I was just acting brave face all the time. But knuckling down to why it happened, I was just not right. I should have just left her straight away and said, look, I need to do this. But the love for her was crazy. And the love for a lot of my friends was crazy. Mm. But I didn't want to lose them. And unfortunately, I just uh, it just happened. And I had to battle it on my own. So were you pushing people away on purpose? Or no. people, people felt like they couldn't get through to you? Or? I, was, I was seeking help from a lot of people, seeking friendships, seeking love, seeking emotion, seeking connection. Um, and it was me, 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 because I was so wrecked on the inside where it's something I needed to battle on my own. Yeah. What made you realise that you weren't coping? Like, at what point did that happen? Where you, where you could no longer say, no, I'm all right, I'm all right, I can, I can deal with I this. I think it was when I did lose my ex-partner. Um, I was on my own and sort of losing her sort of made me feel really bad. Um, and then I was like, why? Like, I've had a handful of girlfriends. Like, why Why did I act like that? Why did I do that? And that's when I was like, maybe it's because of that, that incident that happened at work. Acting out. Yeah, acting. But not conscious of why you're doing that mm. and that that's a result of the trauma that you're going yeah, through. Yeah, I think that was my result. I'm putting it down to and just trying to help people with chin up and you know, not actually focusing on deep down, I really need to do this. I was just trying to find for the next best, best thing. Mm. Um, to try and comfort me and I was like a lot of people said to me mate you need to you need to like go away for a couple of months turn your phone off do some um, breath work meditation and I was like what's that yeah. 
and try and did you do it yeah i did not i didn't go away for that extent i went over for a while went over went over to bali and went mm. over to melbourne did some retreats yeah how did you flip the switch to actually decide to go and do that as someone who was skeptical or... i was like what have i got to lose yeah. i've lost everything in my whole life yes yeah, so you're pretty desperate at that yeah, point yeah i was very desperate and i don't think if i didn't get through meditation i don't reckon i'd be here today to be honest like i think it saved me to be honest yeah how just just finding myself just trying to relax the the negative thoughts and the emotions inside me um just by grabbing myself taking control as a man again. and also getting that actual physical separation yeah. from the place that had caused all the pain yeah so getting separation from the fifa industry was sort of the best thing um just coming back home working locally and just sort of try and focus on myself as best as i can yeah who were you asking for help throughout all this, especially when it was really bad? I it know was, you said you, you told your um, yeah. ex-partner about yeah, it. Yeah, it was my ex-partner, like seeking help, seeking her family. And to be honest, I thank them for everything they've done, but um, I think it was a bit much for them. And I do realise that now. Yeah. Um, and just seeking help from a lot of friends. like How so, like in, t in opening up and sharing your feelings or? Yeah, a little bit, but always being sad, always being that sad guy. Mm. you know like hey can we hang out or oh, can we catch up and they've got kids they've got families they've got commitments and it was all let's catch up let's catch up and I was just seeking that help and you know a lot of people knew that I went through pretty bad trauma with uh, my family but um but just clinical help at this point were you seeing psychologists yeah I was seeing psychologists on and off um I was seeing him like when I come back from the mine I was seeing him but you know, a psychologist is there to help and it's good, but it wasn't doing everything for me. Um, I was letting my steam off, but I reckon I could probably pull a homeless guy off the street and let some steam off to him and it'd probably do the same. Right. Um, but the, the meditation, the breath work, the gym work, I think that's me actually physically doing it instead of just sitting down. So talking. taking action. actual positive action yeah. was a big part of it for you? Yeah, I think putting myself forward and just going, right, I need to do this or I'm not going to get through this. So how did you feel when you were picking up those new positive habits? Like, what I actually do for you? thought uh, it was all right. Like I felt weird at the start. Like I was like meditation. Hmm. But um, as I got through to it, I actually met or met and spoke to a lot of people that are like, oh, meditation is so good for you. And mm -hmm. I was like, you do it too? Oh, you do it too? Wow. Um, and then I told my friends and they were like, mate, that's a really good thing. And... I think the poorly thing is it's, it's not teached in a lot of schools growing up, um, sort of, you know, mental health, breath work. Yeah, how to cope with your own mind. Yeah, yeah, I think it's not brought up. And that was not anything I got taught when I was younger and sort of finding that was probably like one of the best things, I reckon, yeah. Able to replace those other yeah. coping mechanisms with yeah. something positive. And something to cope, to find to cope with it that without cost something. like. I was finding something like my ex-partner or my friendships and it was costing me them mm. like now to this day. And you're also putting all the weight on other people rather yeah. than on yourself. Yeah, and putting judgment, grudges on them and just... And if you don't turn that inward and actually mm. take responsibility and accountability, then yeah. you'll always keep having that effect on yeah. other people. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Now that you've gone through all this self-development since then, have you been able to go back and apologize to those people or fix some of those relationships or that <sighs> look don't that get wasn't me, there don't get me wrong i'd love to um i'd love to see my ex-partner and her family and they know that you know her family see me on social media but i don't have anything to do with the ex-partner anymore and mm. i'd love for her to 
sort of see this or hear it and say that I'm okay. But um, I think she's just focusing on herself at the moment. And uh, so I think we're going to be long-term friends, but I think once we've both moved on with other people or we're both happy in our both lives, we're just, hey, you want to catch up for a meal? But yeah, I think she knows I'm sorry. What about some of your mates? Did they come back or did you make new friends? Um, a lot of my friends did come back, yeah. Um, a lot of my friends have been there from the day dot, but a lot of them I burned a little bit of bridges with, but um, I think I think they'll come back, yeah. Um, most of them have come back already, but some of them I don't actually want to be friends with, but a lot of them have always stayed true to me. They just disliked me <laughs> for seeking a lot of help and being you know, being out of control. <laughs> mm. yeah. I'd always think, you know, like, oh, I'm probably a bit much, eh? a bit much for them. I think a lot of them are still there today, yeah. So we've spoken about those two suicides. Yeah. Or ten more have happened in that time as well? Yeah, there's been a lot more similar incidents, but the other ones I didn't really know. I just knew of someone through someone, and it didn't affect me that much. I was, I was still like, oh, that's not great. Let's do more about it. But it's so many times when it's happened when it's at least someone that you know of. Yeah. It's not think, like your good mates. But yeah, I think it's once it's your good mates and that it sort of really hits home. Yeah. Really hits home for you. But then the impact of just seeing so many people pass yeah. away that in that manner yeah. in your life, it's just like, does it make you feel like it's just everywhere? Like how, how is it yeah, that, many, that if, many people? And I, it feels like I look back at it and it actually feels like a, like a Call of Duty zombie game. It's like suicide, suicide, suicide. And it's like, do something, we need to do something. And that's when I was like, oh, let's start chin up. Let's, let's crack on with that, yeah. Let's at least do something. Like if, if it helps one person or helps a hundred, like unless it does something, um, at least I'm giving it a red hot crack. You know? That's right, that's all you can do. Yeah. What needs to change culturally in mining, especially, do you think? Oh. Cut off drinking on sites. Yeah, I reckon, yeah. Cut off drinking altogether. Maybe drinking, yeah. What do you think would happen then? Everyone would stop getting rowdy and, you know, comments and, you know, alcohol always brings your mood up, but it always puts it down as well. You know, it's mm. a big form of depression. Bringing in like meditation, breath work, um, regular appointments with doctors. Like a lot of people don't like doing that on their break because it's their time. But really uh, asking people, are they okay? I know a lot of mining companies do it and contractors do it, but you know, try and do it a little bit more. Like a lot of people don't like it. And I feel like if you're not in the right mindset or you've been through traumas, you don't really care about the mental health and keeping yourself happy but don't appreciate why yeah. it's important and, yeah and did you feel like that as well like at the time yeah. when all that stuff was happening yeah. if someone came to you and said you need to go through this mental health course yeah, or you've got to yeah, come yeah, listen yeah. to this person talk yeah how would you have received that i would have just been like what are you talking about and you're the person who needed it yeah, yeah. and i didn't know i needed it until you know later on in my life um and yeah i yeah, back then I would have just been like, yeah, pfft, whatever. How do we bring more blokes around to the understanding that like, we do need to engage with this stuff before getting to this point of desperation? Oh, it's you know? hard because, you know, men can be very stubborn. Um, I think you just got to try and sit down with them, work it out, um, try and get them to open up, but you can only help someone as much as they want to be helped, mm. um, which is the hardest thing, you know. So... Yeah, I think they should bring in breath work and stuff like that, especially through schools, mining, career, through everything, everyday life. Yeah, I think it's pretty important. Mm. Separating that, 
them negative thoughts from the emotions and just feeling peace and groundness and control. And so talking about it wasn't as big of a factor for you as taking those actions, doing the meditation, that yeah. sort of thing. And when you were speaking about it, do you remember the first time that you fully opened up to someone or did you talk about it a bit and keep some things to yourself? Or? Um, yeah, I did open up. Um, not fully though. Um, I opened up a little bit and then, um, yeah, I sat down with a good friend of mine's partner and sort of really opened up to her. How was that received? She just gave me a hug mm. and that's all I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got quite a lot of benefit out of talking to people that you didn't know, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Yeah. Spoke to a lot of people I don't know, um, just randoms. It's quite funny. I used to book different psychology appointments to different people all around Adelaide. And I'd go to one different one every time and just say to them, hey, this is what I feel. And then because they know me or judge me, I'd leave them and go to another one. Uh, so uh, What was the thought process with that? <laughs> it was good because it helped. Um, but um, it was quite funny the way I did it. But um, it helped uh, speaking to someone I don't know that can't take judgment or friendship or relationship like it did for me, um, I think that's one of the best things, yeah. How come you wouldn't go back to the psychologist another time? Like, you you're afraid of them developing yeah, a relationship with you? Yeah, I was afraid of the judgment and I was afraid of... Even though they're a professional? Yeah, I was yeah. afraid of they knowing someone I know and letting it out. And How do you feel about that now, that element of it? I'd Would... probably go back to them and just probably give them a high five. Yeah. Um, because they knew what I was doing because I remember all the clinics trying to chase me on the phone. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you're, so, you're a psychology pest. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, but are you afraid of that now? Nah, 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 nah. I think... Um, what changed there? I think meditation, being in control and just sort of me being a very open guy. A lot of people know me very openly, but I'd always hide some things and I think now I've just not given a fuck. Like, if someone... You know, about being judged you mean? yeah i don't give a fuck like what have i got to lose i've lost everything else mm. um, but not in a nihilistic way like mm. obviously it seems like you care now more than ever yeah i care i care to a degree but um someone's gonna ask me and i'm just gonna say it because if i bottle it up and hold on to it it affects me too much mm. yeah mm. so so what point did you start chin up um started chin up um back when i was with my ex-partner i just wanted to help um, just really wanted to help. Like I actually didn't want to see people get to the stage that I was at, especially at a young age. Um, I'm still at a young age you now. You felt that real drive to actually yeah. do, to do something. You're yeah. a man of action, obviously. Yeah, 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 man of drive. A lot of people know me as a very high-driven guy. And it's so frustrating dealing with suicide, especially if it's your, your mates who've died because mm. you feel so helpless. You can't yeah. turn back time. You can't actually go and save them. You can't nah. have that conversation that you wish you had can't hug them you know yeah so you're left there with not a lot that you can do and i mm. understand that feeling of i don't just want to feel sorry for myself or keep going over it and over again mm. i actually want to try and do something about it uh not that everyone has to react yeah. that way but i felt like that as well i yeah. feel like i, I want to take some action to do something about it yeah i definitely felt in a similar way just yeah i'd love to give them a hug but you just can't, they're gone and you just do everything in your power and that un, unrealistic drive comes out. Um, I think for me and a lot of people like yourself, just wanting to help, like even if it's just talk to someone or just hug someone or develop a business or a company, do something to make yourself feel proud, but not only yourself, to help people. 
try your best, I guess. Um, and, and I always wanted to help and give back and try and do my best. So what was the idea with Chin Up? Um, well, Chin Up was a name where I, when I was suffering pretty bad, a lot of people would say to me, come on, mate, Chin Up, Chin Up. And that's when I was like, oh, I'll turn it into a company like a name business name and that used to do my head in chin up and even to this day like i was at the gym yesterday and a guy said to me i'll oh, come and make chin up and i just laughed and i was like oh you know that's funny because everyone knows me as a chin up guy but um i thought that would be a good name you know especially seeing it in the public down the shops you know someone says it if they don't buy the product that's fine but at least they can say the name and go oh chin up and then they process it you know what i mean i guess it's a way of saying we're not perfect yeah but we are okay find you know, a, find a like reason keep pushing on sort yeah of. it's okay to speak up you know what i mean so and what's come out of it since you started it oh great proudness um great proudness from not only my friends but the family are pretty proud um a lot of people from school were like oh my god man you've, you've changed it like you've you've done so well like you know i used to get picked on in school um and i am pretty proud but it has done pretty well, especially when, you know, you can you can guest speak. Like I did a guest speak yesterday for a footy club and there was like 50 odd people and I was just talking how it is. You know, this is a society we live in, let's do something. You know, and speaking, you know, like I'm only 26 now. and What are you telling people when you're going out and you're speaking? Uh... So speaking about what I went through to try and implement that I'm not the only one that's been through it. Like if he's gone through it, I'm okay, then they might speak up teaching them, you know, this is what helped me. These are the support lines you can contact. Um, it's okay to be depressed. It's okay to feel not worthy, mm. um, but speak up. What yeah. do you think the power is of that message coming from you in those sorts of environments? From experience, the trauma experienced, the hurtness, the shame, the, the not worthy, the depressed, um, just, yeah coming from that. What kind of a response have you been getting when you're giving these talks? I've had really good feedback, yeah. Um, really good feedback. Like I had a lot of guys yesterday give me a lot of hugs at the footy club. Yeah, right. um, Which I've is pretty big in those yeah. typically yeah. really hyper-masculine environments. Yeah. Like I was a little bit nervous, um, which is quite funny for me because I'm never nervous. Um, but yeah, a lot of people were in the old age, um, similar age bracket to me. Um, I've done one in the city. Um, I've done a couple interstate mm. um, and the feedback, it's just like, wow, it's good that you can do something about it. Like, And I think a lot of people took a lot of information from it. If it helps, it helps, you know, like it might help one person, it might help everyone, but at least I'm trying. And the clothing brands sparking yeah, more of those it, conversations it has, as well? it has sparked a lot. Um, a lot of people have ordered. We've had crazy sales, crazy sales. Um, we've been down for a while at the moment just because of COVID and stock issues but um it'll be back soon and uh yeah i think the name is getting out there and you know looking at you know some of the thousands of orders i've done um it's like wow and those people obviously know what the brands are yeah. about are you thinking that they're having more of those conversations yeah. or people are seeing that are you hearing about that happening yeah i have i've had a lot of like um emails back and a lot of messages on social media like oh hey my uncle's going through it this is a really good present like i remember when i was away um new year's eve last year up in berry and a local coffee girl from the van hit me up and said oh we've got a local guy that's you know been been pretty down lately i'd love to buy a shirt off you and start the conversation so great i've had a lot of feedback from customers yeah how does that make you feel pretty proud yeah yeah and um pretty happy and 
I'd love to just meet those people in time. I probably will and just give them a hug. What are you a part of changing? Just want to be, it's okay to speak up. Like it's okay to um, be sad. Like don't let it change you. Like maybe for me, like, yeah, it was sad that I was like that, but it was a good experience. Like, Could you learn from it? Yeah, yeah, I learned from it. Like I, I put it down to now as being an experience not a trauma. Yeah, a chapter doesn't yeah. define who no, you are. No, it's chapter one of 500, like, let's go. Put yourself first and just, it's okay to be upset, yeah. It seems like hearing your story, it's not just mm. the speaking, it's also acting. Yeah, so acting as a guest speaker and acting to put myself forward and taking those actions that I never thought I would do, I've done. And I'm still, I've still got a massive journey ahead. But you advocate for people who might be feeling that that, yeah. that way, that that's yeah. part of the puzzle, right? Yeah. Like Finding that. actions that you can take as well as talking about it. Yeah. What would you say people should be thinking about doing in their own lives if they're at the bottom of the barrel there? Like little things that we can do. Fake it to your maker. Talk to people. Talk to friends. You know, even if it's just one little sentence and someone clicks onto it, at least they can open up and say, hey, what's wrong? Then it gives you the chance to speak. Um... Yeah, exercise, just stay off the grog, stay off the drugs, just stay off all that. And it'll bring your mood down, bring everything down. Just yeah, eat healthy and take one step at a time. Like, it's okay to go through them. It's very okay. Yeah. Good stuff, bro. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's it for this episode. If you're getting some value out of the show, please help us out with a quick rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Everything we do is recorded in video, so follow Youngblood Men's Mental Health on Instagram and Facebook and Youngblood Mental Health on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please leave us a comment or send us a message if these stories resonate. We'd love to hear from you. You can sign up to our e-news through our website, youngbloodmedia.com.au. And most importantly, please share the podcast with anyone in your life who might need it. We're all about reaching as many people as we can. This is Youngblood. Thanks for being part of the mission. Catch you next time.